Post 82 is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know King's ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers and shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. There are tickets across all major leagues and teams. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. A happy Wednesday to you all out there, all you Kings fans. But this may not be the happiest of Wednesdays for you, given the results in Portland. Kings lose to the Trailblazers 127-116. 127, that's a big number, kind of number the Kings haven't given up in a while. So... You hear that and you say it must not have been a good night if that's the amount of points they gave up. Now, obviously, the Kings are shorthanded. No De'Aaron Fox, no Marvin Bagley, no Nemanja Bielitsa. I mean, excuse me, not, not Bielitsa, Bogdan Bogdanovich. He missed this game with a right knee contusion, uh, which the team would uh, say is not related to the left hamstring. That the uh, the knee issue, in this case, was something that had bothered uh, Bogey beforehand, but 127 points. That's a that's the number that jumps out to me. Season high in points allowed. They hadn't they gave up 124 in the season opener to Phoenix, but they hadn't given up um, more than a, over 120 since uh, giving up 124. At Toronto on November 6th. And even then since that game, they pretty much have kept the numbers pretty much down. You know, gave up 116 to Phoenix on November 19th. But outside of that, they've pretty much kept teams in check defensively. So this is a rare, at least for this version of the Kings, since, since the 0-5 start, a rare, just bad defensive game for them. Uh, they allowed the Blazers to shoot 56%. Uh, not good. I mean, goes without saying that's not good. Allowed the Blazers to hit on 16 to 32 from three. Uh, 50%. Not, I'm sorry. Yeah, 16 to 32. 30, 50%. Another not good number. That's two fifties right there, uh, in percentages. And neither one of those percentages are revolving free throws. So that tells you what kind of night, uh, Portland had offensively. CJ McCollum, 33 points. Damian Lillard, 24 points, 10 assists. Hassan Whiteside messed around and damn near got a triple-double. 22 points, 16 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 blocks. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, 20 points, 5 rebounds. For all you uh, plus-minus obsessed people who want to try to drag Melo over over a plus-minus, he was plus-15 if you care anything about that. And then also, they also got 15 points off the bench from Kent Bazemore. So... They were hitting in all, you know, all cylinders offensively. Made it a tough night. They scored thirty or more in three of the four quarters, and the only quarter they didn't was the fourth quarter. They scored what say only, but they scored twenty-seven. So, offensively, wasn't a whole lot that the uh, Blazers couldn't get going. You know, they even shot eighty-one percent from the line too, seventeen to twenty-one. Kings, on the other hand, continue to launch a lot of threes, but not, but not at the. Uh, Accuracy, you would hope, uh, 11 to 34, 32.4%. They also missed six free throws going uh, 17 to 23. They probably should have shot more free throws, especially in the fourth quarter when the game was still in the balance, but the Kings just didn't attack enough. 
And that's going to be a constant theme until they get healthy. Maybe you get De'Aaron and uh, Marvin back on the court that changes, but they don't shoot enough free throws, especially on the roads. You got to get to the line and try to generate some offense. And especially if you're missing <laughs> 23 of your 34 threes. And if this team goes all out to shoot the three, uh, it's clear that the coaching staff wants them to shoot the three, but at some point, you got to get in there and make some more twos, you know, get to the line, do something to generate more. It's kind of hard to knock them, though, when they, when they do uh, score 116. That should be good most nights, but not when you allow the other team to shoot 56%. Buddy Hill, the the volume shooter now, Buddy Hill, 8 of 24 for 23 points, 3 of 12 from 3. He had 7 assists. That's not great efficiency, not what you want from him at all. You know, you want him to keep shooting, but you hope at some point, this, uh, it's not, I don't know if you want to call it a slump for Buddy this year, but he's not shooting the way he has in his career. He's not in that 40 range, 45% range overall. He's not near 40% or better at three right now. He's shooting a ton of threes, averaging more than 10 threes a game. But he's basically making the same amount of threes he made last season. So that's something that if the Kings are going to continue to try to get past this stretch of injuries, that's got to improve, but I'm not sure how you improve that. You know, you could say you want Buddy to take better shots, but in a lot of ways, the Kings' best chance to win games is if Buddy can get hot. So he's going to keep on shooting. You just, you know, if you're a Kings fan, you just hope that he's got to shoot better than 33% from the field for them to have a chance to win the game. Uh, another good game for Rashawn Holmes, career high 28 points on 11 of 14 shooting, had 10 rebounds. Uh, hates. Probably hates that his career high came in a loss, but another solid game for Rashawn. Nemanja Bialica, 17.7 rebounds. Corey Joseph, 11 points, 7 assists. Yogi Ferrell had a solid game off the bench, 13 points, 3 assists. Trevor Ariza, 11 points, 6 rebounds, 2 blocks, and still an assist. Looked much better than he did in his uh, stint. Uh, Monday in his return from uh, his injury and being away from the team for personal reasons. Looked much better tonight in Portland. Still wasn't good enough for the win, but it's something for them to build on, especially if they're not going to have uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. You're going to need uh, Trevor, who played 35 minutes. Well, a lot of minutes. You're going to need him to be uh, close to the player that the Kings hoped they would get when they signed him, I guess. You know, a guy who could chip in and give you some points in addition to some defense leadership, you know, that the Kings are big on adding, you know, guys that can bring leadership, but they also need guys that can play. So if they can get some production from Trevor, along with some leadership and veteran guidance, that of course would be ideal. So I think we've dived enough into this, uh, dived over, however you want to put it. We've looked enough into this game. So with the numbers, you know, Kings, like I said, got to shoot more free throws, got to be more efficient offensively. But let's go ahead and take this game and how it, what it means for the Kings going forward in this four-game road trip. Uh, you would, if, if you're going to steal a game on this trip, this was the game to steal. No, it would have ideal. The Kings are in Portland waiting on the, King, on the Blazers, who had, like I said, played Monday night, had lost to the L.A. Clippers. Check that. Sorry. Tuesday night. They played Tuesday night and they lost to the Clippers. So you're getting them on the second night of a back-to-back. Thinking, you know, maybe this type of game you could steal because the rest of this trip is kind of is dawning. I know the uh, 
The Spurs don't have a great record down there in San Antonio at 8-14, but this team, yeah, I know last week they were destroyed by the Detroit Pistons, but this team also just beat the Houston Rockets and also has a recent win over the Clippers. So the Kings could get that good version of the the, uh, Spurs. They get that. You're looking at (laughs) 0-2 with a game coming up in Dallas with uh, Luka Doncic and that efficient offense that's going to test the Kings defense and then you, you follow that up in the second in the second night of a back-to-back going to Houston and dealing with James Harden uh Russell Westbrook and the Houston Rockets so I thought the Kings if they could have gotten this game it could have really set the momentum back for them in a good direction but well they didn't get it obviously and now you got to try to figure out what do you do to uh, to me, you got to get Buddy Hill going. You got to get him shooting better than eight at thirty-three percent for the game. If he's going to take twelve threes, you need him to knock down maybe five of them. You know, maybe that's asking a lot because that's damn near fifty percent. But this thirty-three percent thing is not going to work for them over the long haul, in my opinion. You can't just keep launching three, launching threes, launching threes, and re- lately they've been in a little bit of a slump from three. So. You got to figure out new other ways to generate offense. And I don't know where it comes from. I'm not a coach. And uh, I'll ask Luke Walton about that. Uh, well, see, here's the tough thing, though. They scored 116 points. 116. They had offense. So I'm going I'm to I'm end this whole figure out offense rant and get back to the, the obvious thing. It's defense. It's defense. It's defense. And you're not going to have a chance, especially shorthanded, giving up 107, 27 points. You don't have the bodies. You don't have all your players. You don't have the firepower to keep up with a team that's going to give up damn near 130 points in a game. So enough of me talking about offense. We're going to focus on this defense. And said 56% shooting for Portland. That that's won't get it done if you're the Kings. 50% from three. That won't get it done either. So. Yeah, my bad, yo. I was t- talking about offense. I was falling back into the guy I said I didn't like being. You know, I'm always talking about, you know, people were too obsessed with being, you know, happy about the offense and not caring about the defense. And here I am caring way too much about the offense when they scored 116 points. It, you, it goes back to giving up 127 points, a season high in points allowed. It, the most points they've given up. Um, in nearly a month, they hadn't given up more than 120 in almost a month. Going back to that November 6th game at Toronto, that they uh, lost 124-120, and also going back to the season opener, the um, where they gave up a good old chunk of points to the uh, Blaze, not the Blazers, the Suns. They gave up 124 in that game as well. So, what do the Kings have to do going on for the trip? They got to find their defensive mojo again. And you would think that that's where a Trevor Ariza will help. Uh, because the Kings, really, outside of Harrison Barnes, especially with Bogdanovich being day to day with that uh, right knee contusion, they don't have a lot of They don't have size on the wing right now. They don't have a lot of it when they're healthy. But now you look at the idea. But if, if Bogey can't play Friday, you're looking at Trevor Ariza again playing 30-plus minutes unless Luke Walton goes to Justin James again for more minutes. Justin only played eight minutes against the Blazers. I, I could see the kid get more time, but 
you understand that this team is trying to win games and it's for as good of a stretch Justin has had for a rookie who was out of the rotation. The reality is that, as Luke Walton said, as this team gets healthy, there's going to be a lot of times where they're sending Justin down to the G League so he can get some playing time and they're going to rely on the vets like Ariza. And I know based on my timeline, based on what we've seen, there's a lot of trepidation out there about Trevor Ariza playing more. And I don't think Trevor was awful in that. I thought Trevor looked better. I think he looked more settled, having missed so much time. But they need Trevor to be at, you know, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what high level would look like at this stage of Trevor's career, but they need him to be solid at the very least to help them get through this stretch. It would help if Marvin Bagley's going to be back. We'll know more about that on Friday. Marvin's going to have that injury, that broken thumb, evaluated again. And it's getting closer and closer to the idea of Marvin maybe maybe playing on this trip. We'll see. You know, I'm not predicting that. I don't have any uh, inside knowledge that tells me for sure that he's going to play on the trip. But I, he's definitely much closer to playing than he was a while ago. And Friday will mark the uh, six-week mark. From the injury, remember, he was uh, going to be reevaluated. It was it was a four to six week thing. So this is the six week mark on Friday. Let's see what happens with that. You know, maybe Marvin can get out there Friday, or of course, which would be better for you know, as, as I say, drama purposes, writing purposes. Marvin returns against Luca Sunday in Dallas. That would be that would be the thing right there. Not that there's like a, I don't consider those two to be rivals. Only thing they have really in common is that they were drafted um, two and three, and there's a lot of people to this day who are still mad at Vlade Divac for not taking Luca. Uh, but I do, I do know Marvin is going to be very motivated once he gets back on the court. I mean, Marvin's been basically listening not, not just these six weeks. I think it's the six weeks has made it worse, but he's heard for over a year how the King screwed up by drafting him, and then he's had to deal with the injuries. He hasn't, you know, played about 60 games as a rookie. He's only played in one game this season. So let's see what Marvin has when he gets back on the court. Will, you know, Luka's gone from rookie of the year to an MVP candidate. Will that that motivate Marvin? Will that drive him to want to maybe do too much when he gets back? How does Luke Walton kind of check that? No, it's only human nature that he wants to go out there and show everybody what he can do. Haven't heard so much about what, you know, not just Luca, Trey Young, and, you know, Jaron Jackson had a good game the other day. So Marvin should be plenty motivated. I know he was frustrated with the injury because if he could have, he would have played through it, but the risk was too high. If he got hit on that thumb again, that could lead to surgery, that could lead to screws, that could be that could lead to him being out for the season. So we'll check back in with that on Friday from San Antonio. I'm not predicting Marvin's going to play that game, but we'll have a much clearer picture of when Marvin will be back on the court, and that will definitely help the Kings as they try to sort out what's going on with them. So, again, this is about defense, defense, defense. Kings want to win a game on this road trip. Yo, they haven't won a Western Conference road game all season. So <laughs> that's that's going to be that's gonna, that's got to be the mission now. I mean, it's it's good to get a couple of games in the East, but at some point, if they're going to be a playoff team, you got to beat the teams you see most often on the road at some point. Right now, they haven't done that. 
So let's see what they do with this. Let's see, you know, three more games come up on this trip. They got three more cracks at it starting Friday in San Antonio. So this is Jason Jones of The Athletic. You can catch uh, myself and my co-host Kenny Carraway on Friday when we uh, bring you another edition of Throne Room Breakdown. We'll break down the upcoming game in, in San Antonio, the rest of the trip. Whatever else we want to talk about, I'm sure Kenny will cry about the Niners for some reason, some way, like tip, like like bad whining Niner fans tend to do. Uh, not you good ones, but the whining ones that I can't stand. So y'all stay tuned for that. Uh, find me on Twitter, Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. Find me on Instagram, Mr. Jones LBC. My latest story is up there. It's part of the Athletics Shoe Blitz. Caught up with former Kings assistant, 1991 slam dunk champion D. Brown. I talk about the pump. The shoe that I was uh, wanting really bad as a kid that I couldn't get till I was an adult. But that whole moment, the, uh, D pumping up the shoes before his dunk. What he's about the shoe culture, sneakerhead culture. What that moment meant for shoe, the shoe culture. And there'll be more of that coming from me on, on part of the shoe blitz later in the week. So be on the lookout for that. Y'all be easy out there. I will check in with everyone from San Antonio in a couple of days. Take care, and I'm out.